We've got rumors to talk about. I love rumors. I know. This is, know. you know what? I was thinking about it. I think this is sort of like, I think this is the, the, the fall season here, the, you know, November, December. This is like peak uh, rumor season because nothing's coming out soon. Mm hmm. But there are, you know, Apple must be working on stuff for next year and beyond, uh, and so now is the time when the rumors start coming out. The big one that I've seen, the one that's got everybody in a tizzy, <laughs> is you know which one it is, right? Yes, I do. Wh which one is it? It's the the headphone jack thing. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's people that, are very that, upset <laughs> that the. What is it mini? Is there a mini jack, right? Yeah. So the standard three point five millimeter headphone jack that's been in every device that I'm aware of for a long time uh, is supposedly it says one report. Uh, uh, who had it originally? Here, let's see. It was a Japanese rumor site, right? It's some chat or well, not a rumor site, but well, I guess it yeah. is a rumor site if it published. So Mac site. rumors. Right. It's uh, Mac Odakara, uh, which Mac Rumors uh, described as often reliable. <laughs> so, <laughs> often. Well, in the scheme of like publishing these things from the supply chain in Asia, often reliable, if you say it with a straight face, is actually high, high praise. High praise, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was, it, it was not sourced from Digitimes, right? Uh, no, it's okay. their, their, so they didn't get it from Digitimes. No, their report cited a quote, reliable source. Okay. And, um, I guess, so it says here's, here's Mac rumors translation of it or, or interpretation, I guess I should say the report citing a quote, reliable source and quote claims the new same sized lightning connector will support lightning equipped and Bluetooth headphones and have a DAC or a digital-to-audio converter for backwards compatibility with wired headphones using a standard 3.5-millimeter stereo jack. A 3.5-millimeter-to-lightning adapter would be required. Um, so the I guess the gist of it, the way I interpret this, and I don't think it's entirely clear, the way I just interpret it is that they're not replacing the headphone jack with a new proprietary jack they are simply getting rid of the headphone jack and you'll just have to plug in to the lightning adapter that's already there or use, or use bluetooth or use bluetooth but, i don't yeah. see why this report says that the new lightning connector has anything to do with uh bluetooth though it doesn't seem like that no idea yeah, right it doesn't make that doesn't make any sense I think that's a mistake. That's what I mean about it being a little confusing. I think what they mean mm -hmm. is that you will, you know, your options will be to either plug in headphones with a lightning connector, uh, a, b, use a new dongle that doesn't exist yet. That'll be a you'll stick it in the lightning port and then you'll stick regular headphones into this dongle, or c, you'll switch to Bluetooth uh, headphones, or d, you'll throw your phone in the river and <laughs> go back to BlackBerry. <laughs> I guess the other option would be to... Uh, this would be a great time for BlackBerry to come out and, and, and proclaim their support for the uh, the 3.5 millimeter <laughs> This uh, Another option, and I love it, I really do, I deeply enjoy it when other people's small children do this on, let's say, a train or something, is you could just use the speakers... <laughs> 
on the device. <laughs> That's perfect. Pumped up right. to a loud enough volume to to you know over <laughs> overtake the sound of the train <laughs> the, or the, the train or the jet airliner that you're riding on. <laughs> Who needs headphones? <laughs> I, I know. So, but the whole I mean the whole thing. So this this is portrayed as which you know. Well, first of all, the, the this is not the first time we've heard this. No, this rumor. Well, this and came, I think this this flow was floated also right before the the iPhone six. If I remember correctly, I think it started it started though when Lightning debuted because Lightning has always supported audio. Like you can yeah. and you can buy. They exist today. In fact, the Philips. There's a pair of Philips ones here in the screenshot that. Uh, Mac Rumors has. You can buy lightning connector headphones today. Like the, the existing lightning port can support audio. So you can do that right now today. That's not like a new thing. I think that what they're saying, so in terms of what they're saying about the, this so-called iPhone 7 having a new like next generation lightning jack, you know, the female side, um, would be the, that it includes a digital audio uh, converter. I, I don't know though why the dongle wouldn't do the digital audio conversion, but anyway, that's what they're saying. So mm-hmm. I think right now, so this is, and I could be wrong. I could be definitely wrong about this. This could be something that maybe the dongle would work on our existing iPhones. But I think what they're saying is that to use standard headphones through the dongle into Lightning would require this iPhone Seven Lightning port because it would include the digital audio converter inside. Okay, but otherwise, I don't think anything any of this is new. You know, the fact that Lightning can handle audio is definitely not new. You can buy these headphones today and use them on your phone today. And it, the rumors started as soon as that became clear. Because why else would they do it unless they plan to get mm-hmm. rid of the 3.5 at some point? Yeah. There was also, there was a, there's a, also a smaller jack than the 3.5 millimeter jack um, that used to be used in Japan mm. um, for years. Because I remember I bought... When I was in Japan, I accidentally bought a pair of headphones and took them home, and it was like <laughs> went to put them on my like my Walkman or whatever it was, and I was like, uh, "This is not this is not right." Um, but but and but I think the reason the reason it was exactly that though was that it was for smaller so smaller devices. There's so many jokes. <laughs> That I can't think of. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't think. Well, that's good. I I'm, can't. I'm glad. Think, I can't think of any jokes to stem from this. <laughs> no, there situation. could be. There's nothing. There's no, nothing to be said. Um, well, anyway, people are. Some people are very, very upset about this. They, they are, and and however much controversy there was uh, when Apple switched from thirty the thirty pin dock connector to the lightning uh, adapter. And people accused Apple of, you know, doing this just to get people to buy more, more cape, you know, every, you know, mm-hmm. that it was a money grab. This is the accusation that it was a money grab. And I think you and I have talked about this multiple times, that it was a money yeah. grab and uh, they wanted to sell new cables. They wanted you to buy new docks. They wanted you to buy their little, I think it was $19, the little, just the little adapter that lets you switch a 30 pin thing into a lightning thing. I think it was 19 was it that much, or was that was that the headphone price? No, yeah, that was no. That's probably right. That's probably right. Although maybe it was twenty nine. Head, the headphones are something like thirty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And I, I, I laugh about this. I laugh that people are upset. And, and I, but I understand the frustration. You know, I, I, I just laugh at how, how hard people take this. Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah. So the, the thing that it's portrayed as a trade-off for is, is getting a thinner iPhone, right? Yeah. Then that's the only, so it's, it, it, and everyone says, I don't want a thinner iPhone, which, I mean, I don't. I don't feel like I need a thinner iPhone, but in fairness, you haven't seen a thinner iPhone yet. <laughs> no. You might you might really like a thinner iPhone. Well, and as oh man, here it is. So I looked it up on the store.apple.com. The lightning to 30 pin adapter, not a cable, just the little adapter. Right now it, it sells for $29. So I think oh it's God. maybe it's always been $29. Yeah. Um and the lightning to 30 pin adapter that's more of a cable is thirty $39. It's got a, a 0.2 meter cable. So it's, it's a rather, you know, like a 20 centimeter cable and that's, that's $39. Um, so that's, I do get the frustration there. It does seem to me, it seems very clear to me, and and it just seems funny that it always comes up when you're on the show that there's a sort of aspect of, you know, let's spend Tim Cook's money, uh, right. you know, that these things should be cheaper, um, and that whatever money they make from them, they would gain in goodwill by making them, if not giving them away, you know, coming as close to giving them away as they can. That that if they sold yeah. them at cost, and presumably it costs a lot less than twenty nine dollars to make this dongle. Yeah, uh, it would. They would make up for it in goodwill, right? Is they're that not interested. true? They're know. not interested in that. <laughs> well, I think it would be. It would be. It would make the the pill easier to swallow. It. I. You know. I don't know that people would be completely. Because if you're if you're heavily invested in in that jack, and I think you know, I mean, I think some people are. I'm not. I wouldn't say that I am particularly. I do have many headphones that I wear with that jack, but I mostly use them for podcasting. And, uh, and so I put, I'm plugging them into a microphone instead of plugging it into my, my iPhone. Um, and you, and I mostly, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm not an audiophile, so I mostly use Apple's headphones and when I'm using my iPhone and I, and then I also have a pair of uh, Bluetooth headphones that I use for, for exercising. So it wouldn't really change my life that much. It's a, it's just, I just find it a fun thing to talk about on the show because it is, it, it it's such a petty little thing in the grand scheme of things. If you really mm -hmm. think about it, right? It's just not that big a deal in the life of an iPhone user. But there's so many like implications of a change like this that it mm -hmm. makes it fun to think about the trade-offs on Apple's part. Um so let's tackle some more of these implications of the the audio jack. Uh, so one of them, like you said, the the idea would be that that Apple would be motivated to do this because it would allow them to make the device thinner. That at this point, three point five millimeters just for the port alone is significant. You know, it's 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 a constraint given the how the millimeter thickness of these devices. Now, that, obviously, there's existence proof that they can make thinner devices that still have that port. Like the the iPod Touch, the current generation iPod Touch is like a full millimeter 
thinner than the iPhone 6S. Is it, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I have them both here, but they're in cases. So or almost so. It's like it's like the iPhone 6S is like 6.9 millimeters, and the okay. iPod Touch is like 6.1, um, and still has a standard audio port. And the um, the iPod Nano is even thinner still, and still has the the regular audio port. Um, but as some people on Twitter have pointed out. Like if you look at the iPod Nano, the the full where you know the the length it takes, the depth that the headphone jack has to go into the port to to fit, it doesn't actually go underneath the screen at all. There's like a chin, you know, so it's not it's not like it also has to fit underneath the screen where I think it does on on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So thinness is definitely certainly one of the angles. I don't think it means that they couldn't make an iPhone seven that's thinner and keep. The jack, though, it's just probably makes it easier yeah. because it's one less thing to put in. And I right. think I think that the depth of the the jack is actually more of a problem than the thickness of it. The fact that the standard audio port has to go so far in. Mm-hmm. God, this show could be torn apart to, <laughs> to, to create a political attack ad against me. Uh, <laughs> um. Here's here's another thought. Like, what what do you think would happen if they said we're taking out we're taking out the audio jack uh, because we want to put more battery in? That would be so, an interesting thing for them to say. So we took out yeah we took out the the audio jack and you'll get another hour and a half of battery. That would be interesting. It would be an interesting way to justify it's, it instead of saying it's going to be even thinner. Right, because saying that it's even thinner really only seems to satisfy Apple's internal obsession with device thinness. And and it could well be that it's more than just the the taste of Johnny Ive and his team and whoever else is there that they want these devices, that they value thinness over the battery life that could be gained by just making the device thicker or keeping it the thinness of the instead of making it as thin as they possibly can to get the same battery life as the previous generation what if they kept the same thickness as the device thickness as the previous generation but used their newfound ability to miniaturize and thin things to just create more room for a battery right that's mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. that's the the thing that some people a lot of people seem to want apple to do it could right. well be that apple has internal marketing uh uh like data like you know or that that suggests if not proves that given the choice in a store people will choose the thinner device and that there might be as much as many of us think that people would be happier with the thicker device that gets longer battery life apple might have some knowledge to know that at the point of sale people are going to buy the thinner one and right. it would expose them to a I com- wouldn't be yeah I wouldn't be surprised by that really because I don't think it's like, it's not like this for me anymore, but that used to be the one thing when I looked at years ago, when I looked at Android phones, I thought, wow, it would be really cool to have a phone that was that thin. Yeah. Samsung has one, you know, it's one of the galaxies. It's not the flagship because the flagship one has higher specs and can't be that thin, but there's one of the current galaxy phones. Somebody, I saw somebody claim is only 5.9 millimeters. So Samsung's, you know, in a race for thinness too. And it don't forget that these are the sort of decisions that when Apple makes now for next year, 
if they stick to the current plan of using the same hardware for two years, you know, basic hardware profile for two years with a seven next year and then a seven S the year after that, um, that if they make a mistake here and go thicker and Samsung goes way thinner and it proves to be a hit, they could be the same sort of thing that happened with larger screen sizes a few years ago where larger screen sizes clearly were selling phones and you know there was even we it is one of those rare things that we have proof of because it it came out in the the court case one of the court cases was Samsung where there was like an email i think might have even been from Schiller himself but it was certainly from somebody on Schiller's team there was an internal email at Apple that said um people some people want what we don't have larger screen phones and they can't just scramble and you know, come out with a new phone next month with a bigger screen. These things are, yeah. you know, have two-year lead times, maybe even longer. So if Apple, you know, thinks or maybe even knows that thinness sells and that, and they certainly know that Samsung is capable of making devices that are thin, if not other, you know, companies too, they may not want to, you know, they may not want to do this, even if they also know that customer satisfaction-wise, after they've already purchased a phone, if it had the longer battery life of a thicker thing, people would be happier. Yeah. It is it is strange, though, to see lots of people saying that they don't want something that... You know, I mean, I, obviously, this is presented as, uh, no, you got to get rid of this in order to get that. If they came out and just said it was like, going to be a thinner phone, you'd probably get a slightly different reaction. Without the, you're, you're going to lose the headphone jack. But it, it seems like it used to be like, here are the things that, you know, seems like they might be coming in the next iPhone and everyone would be pretty excited about those things with the exception of lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, like, I feel like I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't feel like I'm that excited about a thinner phone at this point. And I, you know, we've had this discussion before too. I would rather have a smaller phone. <laughs> Yeah, it may not just be about thinness though. I, so I th- I say it could be, it could help, and and maybe it would help with battery life too. But there are other factors too. Like even if you could just this just concede for the moment that they could go as thin as they want to and still keep the other jack. That whatever thinness they're they're planning for for the iPhone seven, it could accommodate a three point five millimeter headphone jack. We I don't know if that's true or not, but let's just concede it for the moment. It's also another point of you know potential water damage it's a you know one less port is one less one less thing to um to have to you know try to protect against you know water getting in there yeah. uh, having two ports definitely takes more space inside the device than one port that does both things i mean that's just i mean that, that's just like a obvious fact so in other ways other than thinness it might you know like you said batteries one life who knows what else they could use that space for but they could certainly you know they certainly take advantage of every bit of space that they can yeah uh i don't know the problem, I, the problem is like is charging i mean everybody's you know right this out already but like right. when you're and i do this i do this sometimes where i put the headphones in and i'm charging while i'm at my desk and listening to something and uh, having to like find a dongle and <laughs> yeah, that's nobody you, wants nobody really wants a dongle, uh, like, like a Y adapter dongle, right? Because yeah. the idea would be yeah, that even right. even if you're on board, like on the one hand, if you want to stick with your beloved 
old pair of headphones that has a 3.5 millimeter jack. Then you need a dongle, you know, to go 3.5 to um, lightning. And it can't be a tiny little dongle because we know how long the adapter is on the headphones. And uh, like I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's, you know, at a minimum, like it's, you know, at least, what, half an inch? Um, Not that small. So you got this thing sticking out of your phone plus the actual cable itself from the headphone that sticks out from the phone. So it's, you know, cumbersome. But even if you're willing to go on board with the a new pair of Lightning headphones, which presumably Apple would ship with the device and other you know companies are already making, if you want to charge and use those at the same time, you'd still need an adapter so that you could have two Lightning inputs, one for charging, one for the headphone. And I don't even, I'm not even sure if that would work. Yeah, unless you have uh, inductive charging. Right, and... I fully concede. Like one of the things, this is just one of those things where I just, I'll just, I just like to sit here and think about it from Apple's perspective. And I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other. Like me trying to justify it and thinking of the reasons Apple might want to do it isn't me saying, I think this is a great idea. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's interesting because there's so many trade-offs. But the the needing to charge or wanting to charge while you listen with headphones is absolutely positively a real thing. I see my son doing it all the time. His device, his devices seem to all live in in the like the best charge I ever seem to get puts him in the yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Hank is Hank is similar. Yeah, um, I, I mean, so even just since this rumor popped up, I've spotted Jonas at least twice using his. I think it was both times it was his iPad, but using his iPad with headphones, watching video while it was charging. So I fully concede that is not just something people want to do. Uh, it's something people like my son would have to do other than to stare at a black <laughs> iPhone. Just let it, let it go out. Yeah, just, just stare at the black screen of a dead iPad. Uh, so I don't know how Apple solves it. Maybe the answer is, of course, that they don't and that this whole story is bullshit and they're, they're not getting rid of the separate check. Well, that's the, and that's the other thing that's kind of ridiculous about this, the, the whole thing because it's, it's, it has really been widely discussed and it is all based off this one right this one source like so inside apple there's somebody you know some team that clearly already knows the answer to this i think that this is one of those decisions that's already been made and they're either they're laughing one way or the other (laughs) either way they're laughing like if there is an iphone if there is a, a regular good old-fashioned 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on the iPhone 7 next year, the team inside Apple is laughing at all of the thought that we're all putting into this and all the consternation out there on the, on the web. And if there's not, they're, they're at least chuckling at the people who are saying, there's no way they would do this. It would make everybody too furious. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> the, they're no stranger to controversy, so I don't think... <laughs> It's funny, though, because it is clearly controversial, and it's like there's something about Apple that makes them, you know, one of the ways that Apple is clearly different than other companies is they're the only company who ever seems to face these things. I never see, for one thing, other companies tend to keep legacy ports around almost as long as they can, as opposed to looking for a way to get rid of legacy ports, they look for a way to keep them going as long as they can. Uh, Yeah, it's like they don't want to lose that one extra sale. And and then even when they do, 
I don't know how they escape the criticism. Like Android phones, like iPhones have gone from and and if you for the sake of an argument, if you just count the iPod as like a like a sibling predecessor to the iPhone, they've gone through two ports ever. 30 pin starting with the original iPod to oh, no well uh, the first the first one had firewire right so it, well it was the same on the fire on the 30 pin end but it was all only firewire on the other end but we'll call you know you needed a new cable so we'll call it that was the same wait wait no it was a no the original iPod was firewire on both ends oh my god you're right yeah you're yeah. you are right yeah. Oh, yeah I'm totally wrong on that so there are th- all right so here's the changes they've gone through from including all the uh, iPods. One, the first one was FireWire, FireWire. Then they went thirty pin to FireWire, and then it was thirty pin to USB. But if you just made like a clock radio that had the thirty pin thing, it would work with whatever your your iPod was. And then Lightning. Uh, other devices, the ones that just use like USB, went through. I forget the names of them, but there's like sort of the the thicker mini USB. Then there's the thinner new micro USB. It was like there was like mini USB, micro USB, and now USB C, which is nice because it's like lightning and you can you can't put it in upside down. It works both directions. For some reason, when they switch, they don't get they don't get the controversy. Yeah, yeah. That always used to make me laugh because people on the Android side would make fun of Apple for for like oh your your ports no your ports match and I was like yeah neither do yours. And it's like I, I I know some people are saying that would say well no but Apple's the only one who tries to gouge you for twenty nine dollars for an adapter, um, but you know in short order you can go to you know Amazon or uh, Monoprice for example and get a high quality adapter that's not made by Apple for a reasonable price. So I mean you can make the transition and that's those are the only places that people on Android buy cables and stuff like that. Yeah. So the fact that Apple's first party ad- adapters and dongles are seemingly exorbitantly priced, it doesn't really make things worse for anybody who's sensitive to that and just goes to Amazon. I mean, it's not like Amazon right. is some obscure company that nobody's heard of. <laughs> it's, it, it, it might be slightly cheaper to get USB adapters. Might right? be. Because, because the other ones, I mean, the other ones somebody has to license from Apple, right? They have to right. license one end from Apple. Right, but there's but other... There's it's other... Still, it still gets down to the point where it's, okay, you know, we're still talking about like 10 bucks. There's other hassles involved, though, like that I've... And, and they're all reasonable. I mean, these are all reasonable complaints. They're actual truth, you know, they're, the actual truth, they're obvious. But like the problem where, um, like in a two-person household uh, where person A... Uh, has or, or at one point they both you both have phones with the same port on it and then one of you upgrades to a new one and it has a different port and now all the various places like in that kitchen or wherever you might share a little charging station now you can't just use the same cable and you've got to either have two of them everywhere or you know divide up the territory 50 50 yeah doesn't matter whether it's lightning and 30 pin or usb micro USB and USB C it's the same problem, but somehow this only becomes like a public, uh, <laughs> brouhaha with Apple. Right. I don't get that. I don't, I don't get it either. Uh, I get, I guess it's because 
I don't know. I mean, I guess you you could feasibly have a choice if you're on Android. You could have a choice to go to a phone that has like the connector that you like, <laughs> which seems like an awful way to make a decision to buy how to buy a phone. <laughs> I really like mini USB, <laughs> and I'm going to buy whatever phone has a mini USB jack. <laughs> All right, let me take. Do a- not try to sell me micro USB. <laughs> let me take a break here and. Uh- tell you about a very special friend of the show, um, our first advertiser. It's Wealthfront. It's a low-cost automated investment service, and it makes you easy to invest your money the right way. You give Wealthfront your money, and they invest it for you. They sort of, they they have this algorithm that they use, uh, and you can adjust your risk adversity so you could be a little bit more aggressive knowing that it might be a little bit more likely that you'll lose money or you can be a little bit more conservative. They have a quick little profile thing when you first sign up um, to sort of set that in place. And then once you start going with it, they just automatically um, buy and sell various uh, index funds to keep your total investment balanced. So when one sector of the stock market goes up uh, – and another sector goes down, they adjust it accordingly based on uh, all sorts of complicated, academically proven things that I don't understand. But more or less, if you think about having a personal finance manager, um, a person who you would just go to and give your money to and then uh, trust them to invest it, this is an automated service that replaces that. Now, what are the advantages to this? Uh, one of them is that with regular personal financial advisors, you get charged uh, 1% on every transaction. Um, some of them, it's up to 3%. And it, they, they charge that on everything that you have under management. So every dollar you put in, they charge that fee. Uh, Wealthfront only charges 0.25% of what you have invested. And they only start charging that over uh, $10,000 invested. So under $10,000 invested, they don't charge anything. But they even have a special deal for listeners of the show. Use the code I'm going to give you at the end here. Uh, and it goes up to $15,000. So your first $15,000 that you put in with these guys uh, is all no fee. And then they only start charging that 0.25% fee on what you have over $15,000. Uh, it's a $500 minimum investment. So what they've told me is that um, a lot of people start out like that. They'll just put $500 in just to see how it works. And then they only put quote unquote real money in after they see it. Um, And they're perfectly welcome to do that. And if you use the code, you can start like that right away. They've got all sorts of other things. Just go there and read it and they'll tell you about it. But sophisticated investment strategies like tax loss harvesting, uh, which is a way to just optimize automatically, not just once a year, but like as you go, how to maximize your profits, your returns, the size of your investment while minimizing your tax bill. Uh, all sorts of great stuff like that. Uh, go there and check them out. I actually have to tell you, I, I said that last time they sponsored the show, I said I was going to check them out. I'm actually very interested. In, turns out I can't. I can't actually... Uh, I can't use them as a customer because uh, SEC rules would prevent me then from saying good things about them while they're paying me. Uh, It's all very complicated, but we're doing this on the up and up, and I really, really, really want to stay out of prison. So (laughs) 
I'm not going to do it. I, I'm just telling you flat out, no, I am not a customer of Wealthfront. Uh, because if I were, then I'd, I'd, be in, I'd be in legal trouble. Um, but it really does look very interesting to me. It looks like something that I, I would want to check out. Uh, I have to read this, too. I have to read this verbatim. Uh, for compliance purposes, I have to tell you that Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation member, FINRA and SIPC, this is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read our full disclosure. Uh, and when you go check it out, when you go check out Wealthfront.com, use this, this Wealthfront.com slash The Talk Show. And they will know you came from the show. And when you sign up, that'll get you the uh, the where they start charging you a fee on what you have invested bumped up from 10000 to 15000 So do go check them out. My thanks to uh, Wealthfront. I get nervous. I get nervous with the sponsor where I feel like I might get legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, if it I might end up in the, in the clink. Yeah, if I tell you something's not true about Casper mattresses, you know what I mean? Like it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's always those stories about cutting those tags off the mattresses, but that's not even true. That's only for like retailers. And and uh, it seems that you know, like you know, sometimes as podcast hosts, we get free stuff from the. Um, yes. Yeah, and it seems like Wealthfront would be a great place to get free stuff from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they can't give me. And any. alas, alas, they cannot give you any free yeah. stuff. That's a real drag. Yeah. Yeah, really, is sort of an interesting thing. Where it's I, I, the idea would be that they don't want to, you know, the rules are in place for good reason because they don't want to. Uh, they can't have a thing where they're like paying somebody to go on a show and say, you know, that uh, I put all my money in Wealthfront and it went up, and that means it's always going to go up. You know, right? They it, they can't have that. Let's go back to the uh, if we go back to the audio port thing. I want to just say this: that's the idea of let's just say in theory that Apple could either like. When, let's just say for like a month after the new iPhone 7 comes out and it doesn't have the headphone jack, if they just have like a fishbowl in the Apple store where you can go in and you and and uh, and just say, hey, I need it. I need one another one of those adapters. And the Apple, you know, they just give you one, you know, not not only would you get one for free with your iPhone that, that you could just go to the Apple store. And if you want like two or three of them, they'll just give you like, you know, a reasonable number of them. And then after that, like. Like after, you know, the holiday season's over or something like that. They just settle in and sell them for, let's say, I mean, I think the cheapest they could possibly sell them for is, let's say, nine ninety five. It doesn't seem to me like they would sell them for less, but that's pretty cheap. Why don't they do that? Why don't they just give them away like candy? You got me. I, th I think, <laughs> well, there's two, there's two explanations. One is the cynical one, which is that they really do purposefully sell them for an exorbitant price because they want the money. Uh, and and the two my two explanations aren't necessarily at odds with each other. There could be different groups within the company that agree agree with both of them. Right, yeah. So there could be like a, a Tim Cook bean counter side, a Jeff Williams operation side that says if we can sell these for twenty nine dollars, that would be great because we can make them for three dollars. Um, the other side, the product marketing side might be sort of a, uh, if we don't make it painful, sufficiently painful to make this transition, even knowing that the, that there's a cost to our image 
because people will see us as money grubbing and purposefully making annoying port decisions on the iPhone every year. Um, but if we don't do this, if it's not sufficiently painful, it won't motivate people to move to the new thing. Yeah. Because, and, and think about it with just the fact that there already are lightning headphones out there, but it's, so far as I can tell, very few people use them. And, and there aren't as many as, I guess, Apple would like. I'm assuming they're more expensive. They haven't looked. Yeah, and I guess they have to be licensed. I don't know. Yeah, they would have to be, right? Um, I, I, well, the thing, I mean, the only thing that's a, I, I think that's certainly probably true in the switch from 30 pin to lightning. Um, cause I think lightning was just, a, it's just really a legitimately a better experience. Uh, the, the only thing that is kind of a, I mean, obviously some of this is because we don't really know the whole story yet, or even if it's happening, but like, but the charging situation is not really a better situation, no. right? That is not a better experience. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess the other question to ask is what would make this configuration better? Because I really do think Apple would only, this is only going to happen if Apple thinks that overall this is better in some way. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not quite sure I see it, especially with the charging and uh, listening at the same time angle. We may so or I may not it. have just spent the first hour of the show talking about, talking about something that's that, not happening that I don't even think is going to happen. But <laughs> I just think that it could because it just sounds like something Apple would do, which is more or less what I said when I blogged about it. That I just, I just thought it just sounds like so Apple y. Like we're, we're going to get rid of this thing that it seems absurd to get rid of. And yeah. knowing that it's going to make some people very angry and make everybody else at least mildly annoyed. Yeah. Well, they've been doing it for, you know, they've been doing it since the iMac, right? Yeah. The other the other whole angle on this, and I've seen tons of people on Twitter, we absolutely have to mention it, can't go on without doing it, would be that the, the idea that maybe Apple expects people to switch to wireless headphones and that maybe even the default ones that will ship with the iPhone will be wireless and that yes the you know if you want to use your old headphones you can do it with a dongle if you want to get a new pair of lightning headphones you can do it without a dongle but that the default experience will switch from you know connected headphones to wireless headphones and and they would they would have to sh they would have to ship bluetooth headphones with every with every iPhone iPhone possible i mean it certainly would be more expensive my experience with wireless headphones though is yeah. is not perfect i i do no. like it for some things i i do like it when i go jogging uh really is there's no configuration of you know even with even not even counting connecting it to an iphone but just connecting it to like the the smallest you know ipod iP ipod nanos that they ever made or whatever the small one is um no way does exercising with a, a a wire connected to your ears is it eventually you're going to you're going to get tangled up in it mm -hmm. um so for that it's great but there's some problems with it where it's the latency isn't great it certainly isn't the instantaneous latency of a, a wired connection you know like when you hit hit the clicker on your ear thing to pause it takes a moment. It there's and it's noticeable that it doesn't pause the audio immediately. 
Yeah. It's a fraction of a second for me now after I've updated the firmware on, on these uh, Beats ones that I have. But it's definitely noticeable every time. I notice it every single time because I'm used to, I have, you know, I don't know, a lifetime of thinking that as soon as I hit pause, my audio pauses. <laughs> I mean, that was true even in the cassette era. Yeah. Did the Beats um, skip ever or sort of like stutter? Every once in a while. Um, yeah. Because that's, no, I've got these Plantronics ones that I, that I like well enough. They're fairly comfortable um, and they stay on real well. But yeah, I mean, I tried several really cheap Bluetooth headsets and they were, well, I was really trying to find something that, that would work with the watch because I wanted to be able to run, right. you know, just like leave the house with just the, wearing just the watch right. and my, and my Bluetooth headphones and the cheap ones just did not, you know, this, there was too much, way too much skipping. Yeah. I couldn't, it wasn't a good experience at all. So I got these Plantronics ones, which are much better, but still every once in a while you get a little skip. Yeah. Mostly, much more with the watch than with the phone, but even so I think I've gotten a couple, with, you know, a couple instances with the phone too. Yeah, wanting to go and, you know, if I could just put, if I could have a copy of Overcast on my watch and have the actual tele Overcast, or even, I would even, maybe even go back to Apple's podcast player if it wasn't possible for third-party apps. But if I could have the podcasts on my watch, and leave the house with nothing but the watch and Bluetooth headphones, that would be fantastic. Because yeah. any any possible way of carrying the phone stinks for if you're going out running or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um But it's hard now. It's not and and it's and it's just it's kind of frustrating because that's one of the things that that was one of the first videos. Yeah. Like in the first watch demo, uh, you know, they show these people jogging. <laughs> With headphones, yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not really, yeah, that and really that didn't really pan out so well. No, and when you once you get to wireless, the, the pairing process, no matter how much effort they put into it, is nowhere near as seamless as the pairing process of a wired pair of headphones, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> pull it out of this one, stick it into this one, and you're paired. Whereas if your wireless headphones are normally paired with your iPhone, but you want to just leave and pair, you know, have it with your watch, you've got to go. I forget what you even do. I think you have to do it on the phone, right? You go over to the phone and launch the Apple Watch app and pair it from there, and it's then it's unpaired from your... Yeah. Um, it's... I don't, I don't know. It just seems to me like to make it... To make that work and make it be the default experience that we use for headphones seems like it's not there. And the yeah. Bluetooth latency thing... And, and the skipping and stuff like that is definitely an issue. Amy has a pair that she bought... Um, I forget what brand they were, but she just went to the wire cutter and bought their, here's our recommended pair of Bluetooth headphones. And she got, she just got those. And, um, <laughs> she, she was mad. She wanted Marco to do a wireless headphone thing because she was very upset because they were not good. I think what happened is I think that the wire cutter might be values the cost a little bit more than quality than, than we do um because hers skip a lot they weren't they still weren't those still a couple hundred bucks because i looked at those too yeah they weren't cheap that's the other thing yeah. too it wasn't like it wasn't like it was here's what we recommend because it was super low cost it was sort of a balance between cost and okay um and i my the beats ones i bought were i don't know they were like three or four thousand dollars oh my god <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. They were <laughs> Okay. For a minute there. I think they were I thought five, that was possible. I do think that they were two hundred bucks probably. I yeah. think they were like two hundred and ninety nine dollars or two forty nine or yeah, something. Yeah, they, right. It felt like I this is why I looked I, at that, yeah. 
it felt like I, as I was cashing out, I bought them in an Apple store just to look at them. And I thought I'll buy these beats ones because the, these have come out recently that, you know, they've come out, I think they came out this year. So it was like after the Apple acquisition, it's not a very Apple-y product. It's not like Apple has, you know, these were probably designed beforehand. I mean, and they use micro USB, which is real gross, but, um, for the charging, um, but I figured if the Beats ones don't work right with Apple, and I, you know, I say this knowing Beats' reputation that the audio quality for Beats headphones of any sort is not that great, and that you're, you know, overpaying for the brand. Um, uh, but I just figured if the Beats ones don't work right, uh, wh- which ones will? So I might as well just pay for it. But paying two hundred forty nine dollars for a pair of these things really <laughs> felt like yeah. I was paying like yeah. four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, the Plantronics ones were like ninety bucks, um, and they're 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 okay. Right, but if if yeah, even the cheap they're... ones from third parties cost ninety nine dollars, can Apple really afford to? Well, when I say I bought some cheap ones, I mean the I the other ones that I bought were like thirty bucks. Hmm, they were really cheap. Wow, and I don't recommend that. <laughs> no. So I had to go. So I basically I tried these other ones, and I was like, okay, this is a terrible experience. And I got then I got the Plantronics one. I went, so I went up. I tripled my my outlay, <laughs> and and was satisfied enough. I mean, I you know, so I got the watch, and I wanted to be able to do this, you know, running with the headphones. And um, I at the time, like back in the spring, I wasn't sure how much I was going to like the watch, and so I didn't I didn't really want to dump a lot of money on this whole thing. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted for, particularly for the headphones, I wanted to pay as little as possible. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It seems to me that Apple would have to improve the state of the art considerably to make that possible as the sort of default experience for how we're going to listen to stuff from our iPhones to make wireless. And I say wireless rather than even Bluetooth, because maybe the way that they would do it would be to use their own wireless uh, airplay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> I hope it's not AirPlay. <laughs> well, so I, but use something other than Bluetooth simply because I don't. I honestly don't think Bluetooth is all that good. Like I quipped yeah. last month that you know the slogan of the Bluetooth you know consortium is just wait till next year. But it really is like er, it's been forever. Ever since ever every I ever since I first bought my first Bluetooth product, it has always been. You figure it out. You finally get it working. And you realize this isn't that great, and it's kind of finicky, and sometimes you loses it. It loses its connection even when it's right next door to the thing it's supposed to be connected to. And then you go and read about it, and they're like, "You just wait till Bluetooth 2.0; it solves all these problems." And then Bluetooth 2.0 comes out, and you realize it has all these problems. And and they say, "Just wait till Bluetooth 3.0; just wait till Bluetooth 4.0 with low power and stuff like that." but it's you know now they're saying you know whatever the next Bluetooth is is going to solve all these problems. I mean, I hope it does someday, but I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised at all if Apple just goes proprietary on it and figures out their own short range wireless networking thing. That'd be nice. I don't even know if networking is quite the right way to put it, but you know, wireless connector technology. Yeah. Just do it on their own. I don't. Know. I don't know. My my experience though with AirPlay has not been it's not been great. So. <laughs> I think that that's more complicated, though, because I think AirPlay is 
who knows? Yeah, it's dependent on a lot of different things, right? I mean, because it has to go through your network and right, and it goes. It's not just Bluetooth or so, or something. It's you know goes yeah. over the Wi-Fi channel and stuff like that. Right. The other thing, but it gets back to charging, and it gets back to you know that there's if you're using wired headphones and sharing the same port there's a problem or if you want to charge it there's a charging problem with wireless headphones too which is that your headphones can, can lose their battery power and that's yeah. a real pain yeah. in the ass yeah. uh and so if your default headphones are wireless now you're just adding yet another thing that you need to charge to your life like I understand the appeal of wow this is yet another thing that we don't I need I don't need a cable for anymore um, to use, but on the other hand, you need now you need another thing that you have to charge all the time. And the Beats, the Beats, you know, have decent battery life. It's about what I kind of, I guess, the, about the best I could have hoped for. But it's not great. I mean, it's you have to, you definitely have to remember if you use them all the time, you have to remember to charge them a lot. The Plantron, the nice thing about the Plantronics is when you turn it on, and uh, actually, I don't think it does. It should do it when you turn it off. But when you turn it on, it tells you how charged it is. Hmm. It says battery full or battery. Well, you you can see partially it. full. It's like the smallest icon anybody's ever created. But when you pair them with your iPhone, there's a little charge indicator up in the menu bar. For everything, or just for the Beats? Oh, maybe it's just for the Beats. I thought it was. I for, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I don't remember seeing that, but I don't. I wasn't looking for it. It's a I'll tiny. Instead of a battery that's horizontal, it's a little vertical battery. And okay. it's, it is so small that I really, I can't see it if I have my contact lenses in. I, can't, <laughs> I, I can see it, but I can't read, I can't read how high it goes because the, it's just, I could just tell that it's like a, there's like a little rectangle there, but. Are you I, sure it's not your det- detached retina? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it really, it's, even if I close my bad eye, I can't, I, I just can't make it out if I have my contacts in. If I have my glasses on, I can take my glasses off and then I can see that close, but it's just way too small. What's the indicator on your Plantronics? How does it get to suggest how much battery's left? When you turn it, when you power it on, when you put them on and power them on, it tells you it talks. Oh, like with a voice? Yeah. yeah. Well, what how what does it say? Um, battery full. Oh. Or then it's I think it just sits, says connected or headphones connected. Hmm. And then the beat, full. The, it says, I think it says something else, but I can't remember what it is. The beats just play a tone, but the tone definitely doesn't change when when you uh, mm. you know given the battery life. Well, anyway, um, uh, coincidence of all coincidences, our next sponsor is Casper. They're the company that makes engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price, uh, and I believe their mattresses come com- complete with all the legally obligated mattress tags. <laughs> Uh, which you are free to cut off once you set off set them up at home. Um, they have here's what they do. They're like the apple of mattress companies. Like they don't you don't go to them and then decide whether you want this type of foam or that type of foam or medium sink or or this sink or spring technology or that technology. These guys have figured out exactly the way a good mattress should feel, and they've engineered their own custom blend of latex foam and memory foam together to have uh, a mattress that is just right these guys know mattresses i don't you don't know mattresses i don't know mattresses you buy a mattress every couple years at most frequent these guys think about it all the time they're mattress pros they've got just the right one so all you have to pick is your size you don't have to go there and figure out whether you want springs or memory foam or latex foam 
you just get a great mattress. You just pick what size bed you have, you get a great mattress, and there you go. Now, the other thing is you're going to pay a lot less. You're getting a high-quality mattress that is made in America, American-made mattresses. Um, and the prices are just fantastic. $500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king-size mattress. Compare that to industry prices, and it's just outstanding. And the whole reason is that they sell direct. There are no middlemen. They're not selling to – there's no you know middleman retailers – that you go through and that they need to mark up and there's no salesman getting a, a commission, uh, nothing like that. And you even save on the delivery costs because, they, they, because they're made out of this foam and they vacuum seal them up into these ridiculously little like dorm room refrigerator box sized things. Um, it even costs less for them to ship them around. Uh, so if you have any question in your mind, if you need a mattress and you're thinking, I'd really, this Casper thing sounds great. You don't have to go to a store you get a nice little delivery. You're just not sure about you know buying this thing online without ever having to to try it out in a store, or touch it, or lay on it, or whatever. Um, they they have a money back guarantee for a hundred days. Sleep on the thing for three months, and if you're not happy, just call them up, and they will uh, they'll just come you know take it. No no questions asked. There's no hard sale. They they really do. If you don't like it, just call them up. They'll take it back. Hundred days. And that's with free delivery, and the return is is painless. Uh, so here's what you do. Go to caspersleep.com slash the talk show. Uh, I think slash talk show works too because I think at some point I might have screwed it up during the sponsor read, and they very very nice enough to fix it and make both work. But uh, I just checked. Caspersleep.com slash the talk show does work. And when you go there, you can save 50 bucks off any mattress off the already low prices just by going there. Uh, terms and conditions apply. I don't know what the terms and conditions are, but but they do apply. So my thanks to Casper. And just for disclosure purposes, you're lying on a Casper mattress right now. <laughs> I am. I, that is how I record the show, that for <laughs> acoustic reasons. It's actually very nice acoustics to have. To uh, have yeah, a, I think so. Yeah. And I sound better when I'm laying flat on my back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, helps the diaphragm. Yeah. Uh, what's the other? We got the, there's a, another rumor that came out today, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't make any sense at all to me. So I didn't even know how to write about it. I thought, you know what? This is bad. if it doesn't make any sense, it's better for the podcast. <laughs> I say Perfect. that, but I really mean that. I actually mean that. I find that having a podcast in addition to a blog, some the best stuff. To put on the to talk about on the podcast is the stuff that doesn't make any sense to me, um, and this is a story. Mac Rumors picked it up. This is about the. Uh, do you see this with the somebody? I, I don't know who the source is here, but somebody is saying that Apple is working on uh, next generation i or not iPad MacBook Airs, thirteen inch and fifteen mm. inch that'll be coming out. Uh, 13 inch and 15 inch? This, it, I'll send you the link right now, but I'll read it to you. Uh, this is Taiwan. This is information from Taiwan's Economic Daily News. Um, and what they say is Apple may be preparing to introduce a revamped MacBook Air at next year's Worldwide Developers Conference, according to Taiwan's Economic Daily News. And they have a little Google Translate link to the original. If Apple holds true to recent history, it would be that would be in June. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, unclear whether an 11-inch model will also be included. I went to the Google Translate thing, and it did seem like that's what the original article, which was written in Chinese, you know, said, that it definitely mentioned the 11-inch, and it, you know, tra trying to read between the lines of the, you know, the Google Translate English, it seemed like they were saying that it might happen or might not. Um, but they're saying 13-inch and 15-inch sizes. No no other stuff about the specs or anything like that. No news about whether they're retina or not. Um, this whole thing makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, no, it makes no sense to me either. Um, because to me, starting even just with the naming of the i of the MacBook, you know, the one that only has one USB C port that's for charging and connecting peripherals, um, which by the way might be a hint as to how much Apple cares about you having to use some kind of Y splitting dongle if you need to charge and listen to something at the same time, um. But anyway, the name of it, the fact that it is thinner and lighter than a MacBook Air, but they just called it the MacBook, certainly suggests to me that the MacBook Air is, you know, only hanging around because it can be sold cheaper than the MacBook. And as the price of making a MacBook drops, eventually the MacBook Airs are going to go away. It doesn't make any sense to me that they would do a next generation one. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, and, and different sizes. Yeah, the only thing that that would make sense to me would be if uh, here's the only way that this story makes sense to me is if they're not talking about MacBook Airs, but instead the devices they're talking about are in fact next generation MacBook Pros, because mm -hmm. then 13 and 15 inch are the two sizes, um, and you know compared to the MacBook, the current MacBook Pros are rather thick. You know, and it seems like Apple sort of prefers yeah. aesthetically the teardrop profile for laptops, and that the MacBook Pros, the Retina MacBook Pros in both sizes, have the symmetric rectangular sort of profile, simply because that's the best that they could do at the time to get all the components in to drive the Retina screen. So my guess would be, if there's any truth to this story, it would be this would be my guess is that new MacBook Pros are coming next year, and they might go back to they might go to like an Air style teardrop profile. Yeah, yeah, because if you go through that and replace Air with Pro, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and I just think marketing wise, I feel like the current situation where they've got three three types of MacBook. Even if you just count the pros and the airs as the same, but which size do you want? Which I think is fair. I don't think people are confused by whether they want a 11-inch air or 13-inch air or a 13-inch air or 15-inch or 13-inch pro or 15-inch pro. Um, I, I still think, though, that having to choose that the, the, the MacBook existing alongside the air is just a little bit confusing. And I know that there's a, well, do you want a retina screen or... You know, do you want to have the super thin, even more portable size? But it just seems to me like it's all about what price points they can hit. And right now, they can't hit that eight ninety nine starting price with this MacBook, and so the Air lives on until it, you know, yeah, until it can. Is the is the Retina screen itself that? I mean, is that the price difference? I mean, is that component? 
that expensive, I guess. I think so, combined with the having a graphics card that can drive yeah, it yeah, because yeah. it has to go you know has to really has to you know from a graphics card perspective it really is more of a 4x difference in performance than a 2x it's really the total number of pixels not just how many pixels are in an inch in one dimension yeah. um i really do think it's you know definitely definitely expensive it doesn't seem like they would discontinue the pro and rename it the air no, that doesn't make any I mean, sense. That's another, me. I mean, that's another logical possibility going through this, but it doesn't, that seems unlikely to me. Yeah, because it's, it, you know, you can quibble about some of Apple's product naming strategies um, and whether they make sense or not. Like the way that the, the third generation iPad just became the iPad, not the iPad 3. Right? Wasn't that when they did that? Yeah. There was like yeah. the iPad, iPad 2, and then iPad. <laughs> Well, and I think right now we have iPad Mini two and iPad Mini four, right? Yeah, something like there's that. There's no, there's no iPad, there's no iPad Mini three on sale, right? Um, so like when they decide to just number stuff versus, you know, like and and you know, there's it. The whole thing is a little, I don't know, messy, right? iPads just get a number that increments. Even if the form factor stays the same, but the iPhone, you know, gets this S every other year. But nothing makes like nothing goes contrary to common sense, which is what it would be if if the iPad or if the MacBook Pro got renamed the MacBook Air. It just uh, that doesn't make yeah. any sense because it would yeah. be heavier than the regular MacBook. Right. Um. Pro to me says this is more powerful and therefore it's a little heavier. Yeah. Whereas Air says this is lighter. I also think it also makes sense to me because something like what they intend to call it in marketing is exactly the sort of thing that whatever the sources in Taiwan who told them this would have no access to whatsoever. <laughs> right. Because they're you know that's just the sort of thing that doesn't that really doesn't leak out of Cupertino because there's no reason for it. You know, they just know the code name for it. You know, like the 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 companies in Asia just know something. You know, it's called like N sixty eight or something like that. Yeah. So what's the current? So the current difference between the Air and the Pro is mostly is the Retina display, and it's actually very complicated. It's a really like if you just had to buy one right now today, it's to me a very complicated decision. So. Fit, Aesthetically, the Retina screen is the biggest difference, and so if you really want a Retina screen, then you're going to get the regular MacBook. But the Air, even though it's cheaper, is faster. It has it has higher performance. Huh? I wasn't aware of that. I guess because I've never I've never looked at I mean I haven't looked at a MacBook Pro and and in, in interest of buying one in years. Right. Because I'm all I'm, you know, I've been on the Air for. A while now so and i actually am like recently i've been thinking eh, it's, you know, i've got mine has been is from 2012 so i'm kind of thinking it's going to be time to upgrade soon this seems like kind of a bad time to do it i think it probably is because yeah. i really don't think you want to buy you don't want to buy another macbook air without a retina screen right whatever the performance gains would be and they're you know three years is pretty significant but it's i i think you could probably get by until they at least until you see what they come out with next year yeah 
And I don't, yeah, right. Because I don't want to get a pro. And I feel like I somehow just have this feeling that the upgrade in next year's MacBook is going to be significant. Yeah, you mean the 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 just plain MacBook with yes. no modifier, right? And right. I I just feel I don't know I I know nothing. I don't have any information about. Uh, well, I just know nothing in general. But I, I know nothing <laughs> about Apple's product plans. I don't ask people stuff like that anymore. Um, but just common sense wise, it it. I, I'm almost certain that there'd be a new MacBook next year, and it's probably going to be a pretty significant upgrade over last year's because, A, because last year's had a lot of very obvious flaws. So there's low-hanging fruit of how they can make it better. And B, it's the first generation of anything that Apple is almost certainly to be able to improve it one year over another. It's it's only when products have been around for three or four revolutions where they might let it sit for 18 months between an update because yeah. it's you know they've they've gotten so good at doing blank that this this is good enough this is actually going to be able to be uh appealing to customers for you know 18 months or even closer to 2 years yeah so i don't know i think if they could if they could make the macbook better next year and then maybe keep the same one that they started selling last year, but drop the price significantly. Introduce a new one that's better. Keep this one around at a lower price point. Um, and get rid of the air. Yeah, maybe they could get rid of the air. And especially, too, maybe if they could, if they can make the pros thinner or in teardrops yeah, to, right, to some right. degree. And improve the performance a bit. Right. Maybe like the 13 inch or maybe the 11 inch air stays around just to hit that 899 price point, whatever it is that it starts. Well, yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that, right, it would be, you know, what we always call like the educational (laughs) option, whatever the cheap cheap thing is. (laughs) Something that you really have, you have to go into the store and like ask to see. The starting prices for the MacBook Air right now: eleven inch starts at eight ninety nine, and thirteen inch starts at nine ninety nine. So who knows if the MacBook could drop that much year over year? But it, uh, it maybe it could get close. What's it start at now? Twelve ninety nine. Yes. I just loaded the page, but I had to wait for Apple's Apple's excellent uh, animation to <laughs> to load before I could find it. Um. Twelve ninety nine. So yeah, I really doubt that it's going to go from twelve ninety nine to eight ninety nine in a year. So I guess the air gets another year. No, there's no way. There's no way it's going to go that low. But they ha- they haven't always been that low, right? But yeah, I think I they mean, can. I think they could set it up in a way where they don't emphasize it that much. In the way that they don't really emphasize very much the uh, free iPhone five S. Right, that they mm-hmm. give a lot of publicity to the you know to the new ones, the MacBook and the MacBook Pro, and then there's the MacBook Air in the back, you know. Yeah, but for a long time they started at well, I mean they started at nine ninety nine, and there may have been even a point where they started at like eleven hundred the laptops. Oh, definitely. I mean, they used to cost five thousand yeah. dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't mean that long ago, but and and it almost seems like I don't think they'd be. <clears throat> Too adverse to going back to nine ninety nine when they have the iPad Pro mm. sitting in the middle. 
Right, that's an interesting point that maybe they could, maybe they could get away with actually raising yeah, well, somebody, the starting price. Somebody comes in, they only want to spend X amount, and they say, right. "Well, how about how about this?" Right, because uh, I, you know, let's face it, their heart isn't really in the <laughs> the lowest possibly priced products. On that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Although, I mean, I, I'd say I would say that the MacBook Air of all of them. Of the all the lowest price ones is probably not such a bad machine. No, it's not a bad that, machine. That eight, I just think though Air. that you know, being non-retina, um, you know, it gets back to yeah. the whole argument that we you know had many times about. Hey, what should Apple do with the next generation iPhone? Should they keep the same thickness? It's already so nice and thin, and just miniaturize everything and put more battery in and extend battery life, or should they make the device ever thinner? And Apple tends to lean towards making it thinner, and lots of people wish that they would just make the battery life better. That's exactly, I mean, bottom line, putting the argument about just one USB port aside, I think that's ultimately the biggest complaint people have about the MacBook is that the air was thin enough and that they should have just kept making battery life better. Yeah. Well, really? People still complain about the MacBook Air battery life? It's pretty good well, now, isn't it? It is pretty good, I guess. I yeah. Don't know. But that they, you know, or that they I mean, could have. As, as someone who does not have a current one, I would, well, and maybe like, with the performance, people don't know how too. good you have it. Maybe, maybe it's not even battery life, but maybe it comes down to things like performance that they wouldn't yeah. have had to go with this low power Core M, uh, you know, CPU. They could have had the, you know, just keep making the, you know, just keep that form factor and just switch to a Retina display and keep making the the performance better. I mean, more or less, I think that what people wanted was for them to do a Retina MacBook Air. Yeah, and it looks. I think it looks like they're never going to do it. This, this no, I, I this rumor so we're talking about aside. I just don't see it. No. Yeah, I mean, it, I I agree. I think this is the the pro, not the air. Yeah, it didn't say anything about colors. It'd be interesting to know whether the pro is going to go with like color options for uh, charcoal. What do they call? It? No, not charcoal. Space gray. Space gray. Yeah, I would love to have a space gray one. Yeah. I don't want I don't covet the MacBook at all because it's it you know I want more RAM and I like having a MacBook Pro um but I do covet the way that it looks. I love the space gray. Yeah. Although it starts it starts with 8 gigs of RAM. Yeah, well, I have I think I've actually I have whatever the got, most is. I think it's 16. You got okay. All 16. Right. I have a lot of tabs. <laughs> it's all all browser tabs. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> uh, let's take a break and let me chugging talk. along with four. Let's take a break and let me tell you about a longtime friend of the show, our good friends at Igloo. Igloo uh, makes the internet that you will actually like. The rise of web apps, when web apps started to become a real thing in the late nineties, um, it it crippled a lot of the software leaders of the previous generation. And the tech industry today is going mobile, and the same process seems to be happening again, where anything that isn't really mobile isn't going to, it doesn't work great on mobile, isn't going to work for companies. Um, Igloo is an internet for your small team or your big team or your big company or your small company. Really does scale to any sort of size that you will actually like. And it doesn't look like it was 
designed in the late 90s. It looks like it was designed recently. That's because it was. Uh, and it works great on mobile because part of what they've done is all this great responsive design for this stuff. It's all web-based, and it really does – it scales for everything from a, you know an iPhone to a tablet to your you know 30-inch or 27-inch iMac. Uh, really looks great. Um, really is easy to use and really does feel – modern, which is not what you feel when you use a lot of existing internet software. Uh, things you can do, you can ask, access your task, lip, task lists uh, from a laptop during a meeting. You can update your team on the progress of the most recent project from your phone, uh, access the latest version of a file from home. Uh, and everything stays in sync because it's all web-based. So what you've done on your laptop when you go look at your phone, all up to date. Everything's on mobile. Uh, if you do things, if your team still works by emailing files to each other, you guys should really check out Igloo because this really does, uh, make team communication better. You get a free trial at igloosoftware.com slash TTS slash TTS, like the talk show. That's the code. And then you will know, they'll know you're coming from here. Free trial, uh, you get to uh, use up to 10 people for free indefinitely. So if your team is small enough, you don't even have to pay. So there you go. You're already set. You don't even need to cough up any dough. So go check them out uh, if you are in need of a team communication tool because Igloo is really, really good stuff. My thanks to them. Uh, what else you got to talk about? What else is going on this week? <laughs> Maybe I should have something to talk about. You should. Well, you want to talk about – you want to talk about uh, – well – you want to talk about Star Wars at all? <laughs> no. No. Okay. You know, I know you don't want to talk about. Like, I don't want to talk spo- about. Spoilers. I know you. Yeah, I don't know. I know you don't want to talk about. Spoilers. All right. So if we can do it without talking spoilers, then I will definitely yeah. talk about it. Well, okay. So, do you have tickets? I do. Oh, definitely. Okay. And yeah. you know, this is one where I really care, and Amy is sort of you know a vaguely interested, but not like me. Uh, and I didn't know you had to pre-order. I'm I'm the dad who no longer understands how movies, <laughs> theatrical movies work. You know, what I mean, like I remember when I was you know young, and my dad found out that movies were five dollars. You know, for like a kids' ticket, and he couldn't believe it. He just you know he just absolutely couldn't believe that five it cost five dollars to go to a movie. I'm like that now, both with prices, like when Jonas and I went to see uh, uh, Spectre. And I, I didn't know about this online ordering. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems to me like if you want to go see, I just assume that if you want to go see Star Wars on opening weekend, you got to go, you got to drive somewhere and then you get out and you go wait in a big long line with lots of people. And after you wait in line, you go see the movie. But it turns out what you need to do is buy your tickets in advance. I didn't know this. Amy did and really sort of saved my bacon. So are you wait? Are you saying you cannot buy tickets at the? No, you can, theater? but I think for opening okay. weekend because yeah, because no, 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 you'll never get in. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think you'll never get in unless no. unless they open unless they surprise people by having more screenings of it than they're publicizing in advance. Yeah, um, my, which they might do because that seems like that would be. I mean, a, a <laughs> yeah, train. Although they might pre-sale, you know, maybe you have to figure out the second pre-sale date to get in on those. I mean. It seems as though it's. It, it seems like it, it. It might before it even happens that it might become the biggest box office oh, opening yeah. weekend ever. I think it's going to be huge. It's got to be. 
So I still, so I think I'm out. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> you don't have tickets. Because I don't have tickets. I don't have tickets yet. Well, so I, I don't, my, I, my son doesn't like going to the movies that much. Hmm. He doesn't like going out to the movies that much. Um, and so I approached him with the idea of going to that. And he, at first he was going, eh, you know, um, and then when I showed him the trailer, he was a little more interested. So I still haven't gotten like a firm, hmm. firm commitment. And I'm not exactly sure when we would schedule this event. So I feel I feel like uh, rushing out and buying tickets is I, I'm like I'm not on an even footing yet. Yeah, I wonder if there if there's like a StubHub aftermarket for them, like sporting events. <laughs> like it seems crazy, but I, I mean it's absolutely insane how hard it was. And it was one of those things where I did it the first night that they went on sale at the right time. And really, only I really I must say only because my wife was like, "Are you going to buy Star Wars tickets?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And she explained to me, and I immediately you know. Randa, I think it's Fandango. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A funny thing to say. And it was like buying an Apple product when they first go on sale. Like the, their website was going down. You, you know, it was saying ridiculous things like. Yeah, that, that was the other thing. Like I couldn't actually get on Fandango. It was saying things like that the, the movie theater was didn't have any tickets available for a certain show. And, and two minutes after they went on sale, I was like, that can't be. It can't be that they've sold out in two minutes and in fact it wasn't but it was like they did the, their back end was just completely blown apart and then the worst of all any kind of thing like this when you're in like a mad rush to buy tickets is when you you get through you get the tickets you want and you're going through the process of like signing into fandango and then it just says like uh, an error occurred <laughs> <laughs> and you're like do i have tickets or i do i not have tickets and you don't know and it's hard to even check if you have tickets because their website is down and then you go and find out that no you don't have tickets yet it was it was stressful but i do i have tickets for uh uh i, th I think it's a 10 o'clock showing on thursday the night before it opens before like, yeah and i've already been to told that i will be I will be responsible for taking Jonas to school. <laughs> Congratulations. You're, you're getting up early. Yeah. You're staying uh, up late and getting up early. And then I got, I think I have Saturday afternoon matinee tickets at a, it seems like a better theater, like a place with reserved seating. Oh, so, wait, I, so you have two sets of tickets? I have two sets of tickets. I have wow. thurs, Thursday night and then Saturday matinee. I was trying to find it. I was going to show you that one of the things that, you know, when Fandango was going down, they, one of the images that, which you may have seen or may not have seen, but one of the images that they showed was, um, was Han and Chewie, like, working on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, like, <laughs> something's gone wrong. And it's like, you know, Han's got the goggles on and they're, oh, like, that's actually... they're like welding, <clears throat> welding the Millennium Falcon from, like, Return or uh, Empire Strikes Back. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. You know, that's one of those things I have to rewatch. I haven't, I have not rewatched those films in a while, at least ever since it was announced that, hey, Disney's buying uh, Star Wars and we're going to reboot the franchise, or, or not reboot, but uh, which I think would be terrible. That would be like, reboot no, that would, would be, be bad. like, we're going to recast Han Solo. And <laughs> No, oh, that'd be awful. Uh, but you know, re relaunch it. We're gonna, you know, we're we're doing the the trilogy that everybody always wanted to take place after you know the one that you loved. Um, I immediately just stopped watching all of them, and I thought I'll just you know 
I'll wait, and then whenever this movie actually comes out, you know, we'll have like a little family movie weekend, and we'll watch all the old ones. So I'm excited to do that, including the prequels. Yeah, I think you have to include them. Oh God, I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thing. It's I've said this before on the show where it's I've noticed, you know, and I, I've I've Jonas has been watching them since he was ridiculously early, um, or young. Um, he's never been a kid who's, you know, he's sort of a very gentle kid in real life. Um, he is not like a, you know, get Rammy and roughhouse, you know, sort of a kid. And so he, you know, like dealing with like a violent action movie, if you, you know, even, even considering star Wars is sort of violent has never caused him to like act up in ways. And it's never, you know, he was afraid of the rancor and, oh, and he didn't like watching the Wampa. He'd run out of the room for that one every time. Oh, yeah. But he, you yeah. know, but he could handle that sort of thing too. Like, you, like, so if they're like, he didn't want to see the Wampa, um, but it wouldn't like keep him up at night or make him cry. All it did is when he watched Empire Strikes Back, he would just, he knew when it was coming and he just ran out of the room and then he'd just sort of wait until he could hear that it was over and then he'd run back in. Yeah. And he was fine. Yeah. So we let him watch him early. The thing I noticed was that they all blurred together for him as a kid. And maybe, you know, I'm sure somewhere if he's listening, Syracuse is <laughs> really angry at me that I didn't really strategize this aspect of my fatherhood, <laughs> that I just let him watch what he wanted to. Um, but my theory on that is that I just can't see if if you've got unlimited access to Star Wars movies that you can watch in your home on a nice TV, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to not let him do it. Like it would have driven me nuts to if, if when I was a kid, if I could have had all the, all the star Wars you could eat oh, God. To, to not be able to do it. So I let him do it and it blurred together. And I noticed when he'd play with his friends early, like kindergarten and first grade, um, a, it impressed me. And I really enjoyed the fact that his, his, he and his friends were really into star Wars, not quite to the way that you and I were back in the day. Um, yeah. Uh, you know the way that really Star Wars was everything to me, everything, and and yeah. you know seventy seven through eighty three or so, um, it was the only thing that mattered. Um, it's not quite like that, but they were you know it was more than just you know well this week they're into Star Wars and the next week they were into something else. They were really into Star Wars for a while, but it all blurred together for them. Like they just didn't see two two trilogies where one was a lot uh, okay. better than another. They just okay. see it, saw them all. Mm -hmm. And I found that very odd. Yeah, that is interesting. Hank has never seen the the, the prequels. See, you're just like Syracuse. Yeah. You're probably yeah. a better. I mean, I, than well, I started out like that. I started out like, no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna see him. Um, and then you know, we got through the, uh, you know, he's so he's seen all the the original movies a few times, um, not relentlessly like I have, but he's seen them a few times. And then he got really into the Clone Wars. The animated yes. show he was and for him that's really his star wars i think yeah. but how he do you really how, liked that a lot so why would you let him watch the the clone wars but not watch the prequels i i think the clone wars animated show is better than the prequels <laughs> i i in um, in many ways i agree but i feel like they're of a piece because it's yeah. clearly uh, in terms of the timing you know it's it's entirely within the realm of you know anakin and and uh, mm -hmm. uh obi-wan you know, being the buddy cops. Yeah. But so as well, so when Clone Wars ended, uh, I thought, okay, well maybe now in this lull, 
is the time to watch uh, the prequels. And I got one. I got like a fan at it. I thought if, if I'm going to do this, <laughs> I'm at least going to I'm at least going to cut out as much Jar Jar as I possibly can. Um, and so, and I offered. I said, "Okay, let's we we can watch the." And he said, "Nah, I'm okay." You realize that this is this is a lot like it's a lot like a religious cult, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like where you're you're raising your son to not believe in Jar Jar. That's right. <laughs> Well, I don't think I, I don't think I'm wrong. No jury in the world would convict me, right? But imagine, imagine how this could play out though over the decades. Where let's say he does agree to watch with you, and you guys watch uh, uh, the Phantom Menace, but you watch your fan edit cut, and, and I'm not doubting that that fan edit cut is probably a better picture, and must be it might be a really great experience if you've never seen the the Lucas cut. Yeah, but then imagine like thirty years from now, where he sees the Lucas cut, and and he's talking to somebody you know of similar <laughs> age, and they're like, "Remember that Jar Jar?" And he's like, "What the hell are you talking?" He's about? only in it for like five minutes. Yeah. Why are you really? Why are you really against you? Jar Jar? <laughs> he's like in the background, and he's not even doing anything. <laughs> right. we cut out all of his ridiculous antics. Uh, I saw. Yeah, but thing. so but so he didn't he didn't want to see, he didn't want to see, he was he was kind of done. Um, and then since like, as I thought, oh, well, after the, the rebels thing, the, you know, mm. I was like, oh, he likes the, the animated stuff. Maybe he'll watch rebels. And now he's, he's like, no, no, it's like, he's moved. It's like, he's moved on, hmm. so, uh, but he might be, he might be getting, he might be coming around to the, to the movie though. So I'm hoping. Yeah. Maybe, he, you happen. know, maybe the, uh, Disney might solve this problem for you, but he'll, they'll just bombard him with the marketing and it, it... <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and other kids at school too. Right, exactly. I think that I well, think that but, might happen as well. But also largely partly due to Disney. Like I feel like Disney yes. knows how to Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. a good thing Disney doesn't try to sell cigarettes. Yeah. He was in uh yeah, really. He was in the hospital um for a few days um and he's fine now. So, uh but uh when he was well he was sick. Um and this was just like last month. Um or no, this is currently still this month, but uh, when this airs, it will have been last month. Uh, he, we started watching uh, James Bond movies. Oh, which he had not seen before. Oh, um, and go? I had offered. I think I had offered once or twice before, but and he was not. You know, he had not. He didn't really know enough James Bond to be interested. Um, but I think one of them just ended up being on the hospital TV, and he started watching it and liked it. And so we watched. I think we saw three of the Pierce Brosnan. And then we watched both of the Timothy Dalton and a bunch of Roger Moore. And that was as far as we that was as far as we got. Um, but he's seen like now. I mean, you know, in the in the span of like three weeks, he's seen a great swath of James Bond that he had never seen before, and he liked him. He thought that, and and I think because he was sick. So when we got home, I showed I started showing him um, Casino Royale, and. I think that it's updated and sort of more realistic tone was not as comforting to him as like the slow pace of the older, (laughs) of the older ones, like being sick. He wanted something that, you know, he, the, that the Roger Moore running around in, in pants up to his chest in the eighties was kind of something that was kind of comforting. <laughs> yeah. The Roger Moore ones. And, and again, they're probably in hindsight and as time goes on, they're my least favorite. Um, but I'd love them though, because they were the new ones when I was a kid. 
Yeah. And and it's funny because to me as a kid, the Roger Moore ones looked just crackled with newness, like just like an unopened package from a company, you know, like an unopened Apple product, you know, like they just seemed yeah. new. And the Connery ones seemed old, like in the way that like everything in Star Wars was meant to look old, like the Millennium Falcon. Like, and it's just ridiculous because it was only a difference of like 10 years, but I could just see the difference. You know, I could see that the suits that Connery was wearing aren't in style <laughs> today, you know, whatever year, mm-hmm. 1979 or 80 or whatever I was watching. I was like, it looks so 60s. It looks ancient. Because it just seemed to me like, like when I was a kid, when I was a 10 year old kid, the 60s seemed longer ago than they do to me today. Because <laughs> when you're a kid, your sense of time is so acute and your yeah. sense of newness and currency and stuff like that. And I just love the more ones. But even in hindsight, now that the more ones look dated, and I think probably are the most dated of any of them. Because they were like the ones that I feel right. like were just the most faddish. Um, right. Yeah, his outfits and a lot of those are just hysterical. Right. Even the even the early, I mean, even the earlier ones. Yeah. Um. I mean, by the time it gets to the eighties, it's just he's just so old that it's it's kind of it's kind of painful. I I kind of excuse it because I think the seventies were a, a really odd decade where uh, it, it would have been very difficult for them to to dress him in a in a more timeless fashion like i feel yeah. like they you can get away with that in most it wouldn't it wasn't it wasn't cool yeah it was so and it was so decidedly uncool that it just couldn't be done but overall the more ones to me they just go down like they just go down like ice cream on a hot day it just it just it, it you don't have to work to get into them at all yeah and they don't ask you to accept anything unpleasant you know, there's, there's, you know, like a nasty edge to the Connery ones. It's certainly in terms of the content, there's nothing that it's really alarming and they're not particularly violent because of when they were made, or at least in terms of what's actually shown on screen. But there's a certain nasty undertone to, to Connery's yes. bond. Yeah. Yeah. And Moore's, you know, was, was much more relaxed. I've always said too, like talking about these, like one of the things is that with Moore, he played it in a way that it, it, there was a sense that he knew he was James Bond and had already read the script and knew that he was going to... He knew that no matter what predicament he was in at the moment, it, hey, I know where the third act ends. I'm in a raft on the ocean with a beautiful girl. <laughs> you know, It's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he just always played it as a guy who had already read the end of the script and knew where this was going. There's still... I mean, there's, some, like, there's one of them, and I can't remember... I want to say for your eyes only, but like where he he slaps the female, oh, you know, yeah. the, the woman around, um, and uh, and you know it's really kind of threatening to her, um, and then you know, and then of course she, you know <laughs> they end up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, in the sack, nice. Yeah, that's I know. I don't remember which I they do all they they blur together, but it might be for your eyes only. And I it it's it's a scene that seems you wouldn't have really thought. Well, you might have it would have you would have thought twice about it, but it would have felt natural for Connery's Bond to do it, and it yeah. really felt out of place with Roger Moore's. Not yeah. even not even that Roger Moore as an actor couldn't do it, but it just didn't go along with. 
the the rest of how he played the character. Right. <laughs> so let me just let's just just be clear here that you've <laughs> your parenting is such that you've never allowed your son <laughs> to see the PG. Just, yeah, the yeah, PG this is where rated. I draw the line. Jar Jar Binks <laughs> you've drawn that's the too, line. That's too far. <laughs> James Bond slapping one slap. miso- misogyny, a okay, violent misogyny. God. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. All well, right, let me take a break here before yeah. we wrap it up. I have one more, one more sponsor to thank, and it's our good friends at Harry's. Now, here's the thing: this is the time of year I get very stressed because you got to start buying gifts for people. I find gift giving. And I'm not joking here. I find it incredibly stressful. I never know what to buy anybody. Uh, uh, and I get all stressed out and then I put it off. I procrastinate because I'm stressed out. And then uh, come December 23rd or so, it's just a disaster. And I wind up buying everybody's stuff from, uh, you know, 7-Eleven. I'm I'm really a terrible gift giver. Um, Here's an easy solution though. If you can find anybody, if you have anybody in your shopping list who you might want to buy like a Harry's shaving kit for, it's a great idea. It is really nice. It's great in every way because A, it's a high quality product. B, it comes in great packaging. So it looks nice. And then you look like somebody who gives thoughtful, well-designed, stylish stuff. Uh, And C, it's really, really remarkably competitively priced, way lower than shaving stuff from Gillette or anything like that. Um, so you got like a dad, a brother, uh, a husband, uh, boyfriend, any, any kind of, uh, maybe like, even if your work has like a secret Santa type thing, just go to harrys.com and check out their shaving sets. Um, and if you don't have one yourself, you could do that too. Uh, they sent me their holiday set. They've got this holiday set and it's great. I actually hadn't had a new Harry's kit for years because they sent me the first one years ago when they first started sponsoring the show. And I still have that same original Harry's uh, handle, which still looks brand new. Uh, All I've ever done from them is just keep buying new blades because uh, that's all I've ever needed to replace. Well, they sent me this Harry holiday set just so I could see it. So I'd know what I'm talking about. Uh, And it's great. It is everything I like about Harry's. It's a great handle, great blades comes with some shaving cream, uh, in a really, really gorgeously designed package. Again, I've said this many times before, and I mean it. It's the sort of packaging where I, the pack rat in me hates to throw it out because it is so nice. And it's even just little things. Like when you open their stuff, you don't have to like rip it open to do it. It's all nice folding boxes that fold back together, and it just makes you not even want to throw away the packaging. Go to harrys.com. Remember my code, TalkShow, that'll save you $5 off your first order. And if you're doing this for the holidays, they've got free shipping, and that ends on December 10th. So as I speak right now, that gives you about a week and a half. half. So just act now. Um, You'll save on shipping. It'll get here uh, uh, on time. You don't have to worry about it. And then you'll have the peace of mind and and just one less uh, item of gift giving stress on your mind. So just remember that free shipping until December 10th, uh, 2015. So my thanks to Aries. Uh, what else we got? We got to wrap it up. Seems like uh, I, I, th- I, I think I was actually thinking of the man with the golden gun, just to be clear. Yeah. You know what? Now that you say yeah. that, that makes sense. That does yeah. make and, sense. And, and uh, the one, what was the other one I mentioned uh, for your eyes only is the one that looks is 
looks like it has incredibly cheap production values. Yeah, I think that was one like of the... Like, that's right? the, the cheesiest of them. Yeah. Um, so. The Man with the Golden Gun ends with a climactic fistfight between Roger Moore and... <laughs> Hervé Villages. Hervé Villages, who was, <laughs> who was uh, a little person. Right. James Bond chasing a little person around a, the, the master yeah. bedroom on a yacht. It's... It's also got see that one has has not only does it have misogyny and it has a, like racism played off for laughs um, because it's got that that southern sheriff guy in like Thailand, right? Yeah, and right. some of the things that he says are just awful. <laughs> God, <laughs> really bad. It's just terrible. And that was an odd decision to bring that guy back because he's. <laughs> I guess people really the racist uh, southern sheriff was, was so right. popular in right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring him back again. What was he in? What was the first one he was in? It was the the one with the Paul McCartney theme song. Uh uh Live and Let Die. Yeah. Live yeah. and Let Die. That they had to bring him back. Who they've brought back when they've brought people back is always it's always interesting. Can't believe you don't have Star Wars tickets. I'm probably going to regret that, but I'm regretting it already, actually. Um, anything else? Trying to think if there's any other news this week. I don't really think so. A little slow. Did you read, uh, did you see the uh, Fraser Spears post? No. Huh. What was it uh, on? <laughs> iPad Pro? iPad Pro, yeah. Yeah. What did he say? Uh, let, me, uh, let me pull it up here. Can the MacBook Pro replace your iPad? <laughs> it's very clever. Oh, that's that seems. Um, I can tell where he's going. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the rest of it basically goes <laughs> along those lines. Oh, I should send. I'm going to put this in the show notes too. I don't. I forget if I link to this on my site or not. Sometimes it's like when I have something to link to, I forget if I ever get to it or not. If it's not real important, but there was a. Uh, this sounds like it's exactly the same sort of thing. It's a review of a gasoline-powered internal combustion engine car from the perspective of a Tesla owner. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. It is so great. Gas car. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so you can find it there. Okay. Uh, this sounds like it's of, of a similar angle, which is yeah. kind of genius. I mean, I just, you've seen a lot of posts about, I mean, particularly because of the things that Tim Cook said about whether or not an iPad Pro yeah. can be used for serious work. And you've probably discussed this many times, but um, <laughs> it seems it seems like that was something that we settled a long time ago and people are still trying to make this an argument. If you're an artist, note taker, or teacher, you're going to really <laughs> struggle without the native ability to use an Apple Pencil on the screen. <laughs> oh that's good that's really good and how are you going to use it standing up you can't <laughs> it's very difficult to use a macbook pro while standing <laughs> downright dangerous to use one when walking around <laughs> if you are a road warrior the macbook pro's total lack of cellular connectivity options would be a serious hindrance <laughs> to a proud bit <laughs> that's really good Oh, all right. That's, that's, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, unless you can think of something. No. Unless John, you want to talk mo movies for another hour and a half. Yeah. 
No, maybe not. Maybe next time. <laughs> okay. okay, next time. Uh, John Maltz, people can get all the Maltz they want uh, <laughs> on Twitter. And, and then some. That's uh, at Maltz. And then they can see your uh, very fine website. Very nice, very nice website. Very also, it's also very fine, but it's but it's mostly very nice website at verynicewebsite.net. Right, uh, and uh, your podcasts, your regular <sighs> I podcasts are. I do forty-eight podcasts. You know what? <laughs> Snell's got you beat. Oh yeah, no Snell. There's no there's no competing with Snell. I've got a theory. I wanted to bring it up. He was just on the show, and I thought about it, and I just didn't want to. I didn't want to make him uncomfortable, but I did. It, it has occurred to me that Snell might be a. Uh, Remember that movie, The Prestige? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I kind of don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched The Prestige, okay. but I'll just I say seen this: it. I haven't seen it in a while, so I have to refresh my memory. Yeah, but I think it might be a prestige type scenario, if you know what I mm. mean. Mm. Okay, it'll make sense to people who've seen The Prestige. Uh, okay, okay. Or should I just spoil it? Go, go, well. <laughs> no, I can't. No, you're not going to do it. No. <laughs> All right, well, then I won't. Yeah. Do you know what though? People, you don't want sh- you don't want Star Wars spoilers. People don't want this prestige spoilers. Right. Uh, I do think I, I should say this before I wrap up. I, I keep forgetting to do stuff like this. A lot of times I want to tell people who listen to the show. I, I don't want to talk to you. I get so caught up talking to the guests that I forget to talk to the audience. I want to talk to the audience just for a second and just say that uh, I'm thinking about talking about Spectre on an upcoming show. And it's not going to quite be the old way that it was with Dan, where we really do like a point by point review of the movie, but I, there's stuff I want to talk about with, with that. And I haven't talked about, um, Skyfall either. Um, but I might. And so if you're thinking about, you know, if you want to listen to it while it's fresh, you should, you don't be in your, and you've been procrastinating on going to the theaters to see Spectre, you should stop and, and you should, your homework for the talk show is to go see Spectre. And I'll then, have to do that. And then no one idea. will be mad when I actually do it. And then they 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 can't. Is listen. it gonna or is it gonna be with Jonas? I haven't decided. That's a possibility. I mean, I did go see it with Jonas. It's yeah. a possibility. I haven't decided what to do. It's gotta be something okay. different. That would certainly be different. But that would de- that would definitely be different. Not unprecedented he's been on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. It was he was pretty young when he did it too, because it was back yeah. with all the way back with Dan. I ever say this? I one time we were at Shake Shack here in Philly, and this is like a year or two ago, and and a guy came up and he'd said, "Hey, are you are you John Gruber?" And then uh, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, not, you know." And he was like, "Oh, I love your podcast." And he turned right to Jonas and he goes, "And you were great on the podcast. That was one of my favorite episodes that I've ever had." <laughs> and it was a very nice guy, and it wasn't weird at all. He did it very, very. Oh, good, very cool. That's nice. Yeah. Do you see this thing? Oh, I got one more thing. <laughs> Do you see the thing with the Amazon? Uh, their their new thing with the Prime Air drone. No, oh, I have to put it in the show notes. It's uh, they have they've released like a YouTube video and they've got um, uh, showing like their 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 latest generation actual working prototype uh, Prime delivery drone. Oh, this was their Cyber Monday thing or, or I Black guess, Friday, but it's whatever. it's kind of cool. What's cool too? I, I don't know how close they are to legally being allowed to to actually use this, but they're saying that what is actually shown in the video, is not like they, they've, it's like a CGI or anything. It's an actual device doing what they're saying is being done in the video, um, which in and of itself is cool because it's, you know, it's a real thing. But the really cool thing I thought and really interesting is that the video is narrated by Jeremy Clarkson, 
the, the ex Top Gear host who who oh yeah 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 you know right. uh, had a couple of, had a couple of drinks and a steak and and punched his producer. I don't. I, I, it happens. You know what? It does happen. It does. I I don't know. I'm I still feel like with that story and you know and then they had a what are the, what they call in, in England they sacked him um, because he punched his producer. You know. Uh, I say though you don't know. I don't know that we've right. ever gotten a full story on that. There are times when somebody needs a punch. So who knows? <laughs> you do not know what he was driven to. You don't know, but it it makes for a great video though, because obviously part of what made that whole thing sensational is that Top Gear is a well deserved and much beloved TV show, uh, and this video is sort of done with that same sort of style, and you know, it just has. It's not just because he's hosting it; it just has that same sort of feel and touch. And it really, it's it, it's something I never even considered when I found out that uh, Amazon had won the bidding to to get Jeremy Clarkson to do an, I guess it's still as yet unnamed, um, car show for Prime Video or whatever they call their their video service for for subscribers. Um, when they did that, I thought, okay, so now they're going to get the, what used to be called Top Gear. They're going to get it, you know, and you have to be a Prime subscriber to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing it didn't really occur to me that they would take use of that and sort of turn him into like an in-house spokesperson and the same video yeah. team and to be able to do that, which is incredibly valuable because it's mm -hmm. so good. It's so well done. I'll put the video in the show note, but it's okay. it's really, really good. It's not just interesting like, wow, they have a robot that can fly through the air and drop packages at your house, which is a cool idea. But I really think it's fascinating to me now that Amazon has the top gear host and production team as an in-house yeah. marketing team like it and, re and really ups the value of their stuff there's a i don't know if there's a rumor or what but their uh amazon's prime video might is now coming to the apple tv yeah yeah i should yeah if, yeah. if we prepared we for the show forgot, at all. yeah right 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 we should we could have talked about that for an hour <laughs> right <laughs> we'll, just drop, I, we'll just drop that at the end long story short somebody wrote to amazon to complain about the fact that there's no prime video app on app, apple tv and they got an answer that didn't seem to go through like any sort of official channels but somebody at amazon wrote back and said that we're working on it um which if true is good to know but I took that with a huge grain of salt because it did not seem to come from it. It just didn't Official, read right to officially, me. Yeah. It seemed like somebody who was just like, "Well, like you know, <laughs> we're we working on it." We if we have an iPad app, I guess we're having an app. I don't know. It could happen. <laughs> but anyway, who knows? I guess it's more hope though than we've had before. So it would be nice yeah. if they did it because it really there's would. good stuff on Amazon that you know is exclusive. Right. Um, what do they call this thing? Prime Prime Air Video with Jeremy Clarkson. So I'll put that in the show notes too. That's pretty good. All right, John. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.